Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Two guys who just want to know if they can start planning their damn playoff preview episode yet. Please, pretty please, with sugar on top. Well, I mean, they they should, in theory, get in still because Florida's got to play Boston it's... twice over three games. Yeah, how? But one of those games, I feel like it's going to be the Providence Browns. Like, I just feel like they're everything's going to be settled between them and the Lightning, and they're going to be playing like half the the AHL squad. Is so, it though? Like, they have the same amount of points. I mean, uh, maybe not. Then I, I thought it would have been. Because I was I was looking at that last week, I think, and I felt that way. But yeah, you're right; it might be closer now. Yeah, Boston's got one game in hand, but they both have one ten points. So it's Ooh. honestly, it's yeah. the difference between playing the Flyers or the Maple Leafs. It's a pretty big one. Yeah, that is a very big one. Even yeah. if it's the Devils or the the Maple Leafs, I I want New Jersey or Philly if I'm one of those teams over oh, over God. Toronto all day. I kind of want the Bruins to play the Devils. Oh I yeah, feel like they would get smacked. <laughs> I feel like the Devils, like we just have to hear all this nonsense. Like Taylor Hall, Taylor Hall, I think does deserve the heart. I mean, uh, I don't know. He had a monster night last night, and he's been playing pretty well. And because apparently nobody wants to listen to the case for Claude Giroux, so it'll be fine. He'll win the heart. Apparently then, not. Apparently, secondary assists are what it's all about. Yeah, and then they'll just get the the Bruins will just mop the floor with the Devils in like four games. <laughs> The Bergeron line will just eat alive wherever their top line is. And then guess what you have to do when you play the Devils? Uh, just put Char and McAvoy on uh, Taylor Hall, even though McAvoy's out. But put whoever your top defensive line and defensive uh, pairing is up against Taylor Hall. And then if you cut his production in half, uh, the Devils aren't really a hockey team. So there you go. It looks yeah. like. The mystery of the devils has been solved. <laughs> I mean, the craziest Hopefully thing Blake is... Coleman comes through for you and he scores a bunch of goals. Cause if not, uh, I mean, good luck or miles Wood or any of the other generic NHL 13 names that they put on this roster. So. <laughs> I mean, if the flyers had just pulled off that win against the Islanders, they're still right in the thick of it with the penguins and blue jackets. They're yeah. only two points back of them and one point back in New Jersey. And it's just, it, it feels like such a huge gap. It isn't. But the fact yes. that Florida is still within spitting distance is uh, that's the problem. Yeah. I mean, a lot still has to go wrong. It's just like yesterday could be day one of like the five day stretch where everything goes wrong, which I think is the terrifying part. Well, it, like, you hear you're, a lot has to go wrong. And then you think about a hockey team that seems to have allowed more last minute goals than any other hockey team I can think of in NHL history. Yeah, real quick, are you watching the Blues Blue Blackhawks game? The, I the, think I'm a minute or two behind you, but okay. yeah, I'm watching it. 
So watch for Jake Allen doing Jake Allen stuff in about a minute. Uh, anyway, I no, I agree. They they've had. I mean, they did it against the Bruins too, and they've had a bunch of these. I, they did it against. I oh, mean, that was oh god. Go going way back. I was thinking about it last night. Last night I just was saw a, Jake Allen. It was yeah. Ugh. That guy is going to be your starting goalie potentially in the playoffs. So, uh, I. I'm thinking of last night's loss and how painful it was. And then I'm realizing the Flyers have had some of the most fucking painful losses this year. Like some of the most painful losses in Flyers history. I feel like have been incurred this year alone. You know, I last night was a lot of context, but also non playoffs, obviously. Yeah. 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 Last night was, I mean, I would have rather they just got blown out. I wear that. They didn't show up and they just lose seven to one. The fact they came back and there was that 20 seconds where you were like, Shit, they're still going to get points out of this. And then, uh, like, Provorov pinches, Lotera still moves like he's stuck in sand, and then they get scored on again. It was just the worst feeling ever. I, I would have really... And then the, they, they really did have a ton of chances. I really thought they were going to tie it up in the final. They should have tied it up. Yeah, it looked like they had two or three going opportunities, but they just they just didn't. But that loss, I still... I think at that loss, I still think of the Predators challenge call back in Nashville. And I still think of that Ottawa loss on the road where they were up, they were down four to two. <laughs> you didn't even include the Bruins with twenty five seconds left. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, there you go. So like four, four horrendously painful losses, of all happened this year. I mean, if they, like, if they ultimately end up somehow missing the playoffs, uh, oh, you can point to those losses. You can point to yeah. that uh, that shootout loss to Detroit. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then also not getting, uh, not getting a point against the Coyotes again, and also yeah. that road loss to Buffalo back in like February. Again, picking my spots here, but at the same time, it's the fucking Coyotes and Sabers. Like you need right. to maximize that. You got to lock that stuff down. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, last year they, I'm pretty sure they missed out on. Yeah, they missed out on three of the four points against the Coyotes. They lost in overtime in the second game of the year, and then they lost at home in maybe McDonald's worst game of the Flyer, which, I mean... That's saying a that's, lot. That's a body of work that is amazing to be at the top top of that pile of trash heap, so... You're the best around. No yeah. one ever there to take you down. We should talk about... By the way, no one's ever there to take Andy Mack down because he's going down just fine on his own. Yeah, well, also, nobody else is 20 yards behind the play, so, I mean, that's... <laughs> Nobody except else for the goalie. The yeah, goalie's the there. Goalie. Yeah, so unless you're hoping uh, one of the goalie takes him down. So, uh, I do still love that MVC is carrying water for Andrew McDonald in a game where he had a puck go off him for the Poshnik goal. And then also, I know it was Simmons' fault in the last play, but McDonald also cleared it directly to a Bruin. So it's not like he was uh, exactly absolved of the situation. So, um, Yeah, but heart hustle. Yeah. Clear uh, eyes, full hearts. Or- can very much lose. <laughs> oh god, that should be the uh yeah. The Flyers Clear playoff eyes. slogan this year. Yeah. No no clutch time. Clear eyes, full hearts can definitely lose. <laughs> Clear Clear eyes, no heart. Already lost. <laughs> Schedule <laughs> loss accepted. <laughs> didn't want to win this game, wanted to win other games. You know what's going to happen. And speaking of no heart, the Flyers are going to need two points against the Rangers on Saturday. Claude Drew is going to have back-to-back two-point games here. He's going to have 101 points going into the shootout. 
he's going to need to beat the Henrik Lundqvist to send the Flyers to the postseason, and he's going to get stoned. And we're going to have to fucking hear about it all summer. You know that's going to happen, right? Oh, yeah. Drew is going to have a 101-point season. <laughs> and, like, fucking, uh, what's that Kazan's name? Uh, Mike Silski is going to write, like, uh, like a, a thousand-word article about not showing up when it counts or something. I don't know. Or Mike Missanelli. You fly as fans. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> is that your Mikey Miss impression? <laughs> That's the only I, I cannot do with Mike Missanelli, but it's just pretty much an angry Italian guy saying you Flyers fans. <laughs> I was a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. I was a lawyer. Uh, what's, what's Mikey Miss's catchphrase? Uh, that's a violation. That's is that a violation. It? It's a anything, violation, Kurt. That anything <laughs> anybody does, yeah, is a violation. I said Kurt because I, I was browsing through real quick the uh, the Broad Street Hockey posts we had go up this week with uh, the Flyers award winner picks from. Each yeah. staff member. The, the one time you'll see my name uh, and my writing on Broad Street Hockey outside of a <laughs> podcast post. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad they. Uh, I'm glad you got involved, though. I mean, was that your first writing thing that's gone up on Broad? Like any of your words have gone up on Broad Street Hockey? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Well, I think you'll start. I think that's the first thing we've done where it's been like a group thing since uh, we came on. So maybe uh, you'll be you'll you can do the. Uh, 25 and 25 rankings over the summer. You want to go? Yeah, I'll pick those out of a hat. Yeah. <laughs> I am typically sleeping during your draft corner, so you can hear me snoring <laughs> oh, thanks, on buddy. the mic. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's that's draft. nice to hear. <laughs> draft. A great thing to hear. <laughs> Nothing but support over here. Yeah. Well, guess what? I'm not doing them this year. So, hope you're happy. Oh, I'm not happy. I love the draft corner. No, I don't. kid. I kid. Nobody cares. Nobody like the draft corner. Nobody cares. It's a person. violation. <laughs> How many wins? 101 points. Just get like hit to the iron on the penalty or the uh, the final shootout. Flyers fans are fools. Yeah. Fools. It's a scam. <laughs> then I'll go on for about 30 minutes talking about how great the Phillies are. Who, nobody's, who is, nobody is going on about how great the Phillies are today, I, I guarantee I don't know. you. I remember one episode, he, oh my god, it was the summer of 2016. Which 2016, I believe the- summer of 2016, a well, wild the, time. <laughs> well, the Phillies were like, what? The Phillies had like 60 wins that year or something obnoxious? Then Weren't the Phillies pretty bad like two years ago? Oh yeah, yeah they've been so, bad for a while. So that, uh, the Eagles had fired Chip Kelly. Everybody's and, favorite coach. And the Sixers were still doing the whole Sixers thing. And I think Mortitas asked Missanelli who the best coach in Philadelphia was. And this was at the time when the Flyers had the two shirts at the end of the every supposed season. And there was literally nobody else in Philly who was like actually being a coach. And Missanelli was like, oh, uh, McKinnon or whatever the, the Philly general, or, uh, manager was. And he, Mertius was just like, yeah. He's like, well, yeah, he got, I mean, that was a terrible team. Uh, he got like twice as many ones as they should have. And then just, just that was it. Just no acknowledgement of even Haxall, who was like the only other coach in the city that actually had a team in the playoffs. So, <laughs> I feel like that's usually how it goes with him. But I was not expecting to start off with Seal Scheme and Miss Nelly, but here we are. <laughs> here we are. You know, this is this is a uh, fly perbly. I'm Steve. This is <laughs> Craig, and we're, ta- we're talking about 
Are, is this considered taking it to the beats at this point? Probably not. Uh, no, they're not really beats. You got to actually watch it. I don't think they've watched a Flyers game in years. Silski's in the building sometimes, but I don't know. He is in the building, but he's typically taking a nap in the back. I right? haven't seen a good Silski. Silski hasn't Silski in a while. Uh, he hasn't. He hasn't. I mean, yeah. we've got those, those, all those positive things with the Eagles. And I don't know. I think he really pumped the well dry with the Flyers. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely uh, he's he can start doing Hextall hit pieces soon. I mean, he can start questioning things about Hextall because he's been there a couple of years and they haven't won the cup yet. So uh, <laughs> that's usually the the great, I guess, uh, measuring point for a GM is two years no cup. Well, I, I, Hextall's <laughs> been more than two years at this point, but yeah, uh, <laughs> but still, still, yeah. look at he's he's done a lot of work to pull us out under the rubble. Uh, you know, some could argue he could do a little more to make the immediate team more competitive. Certainly yeah. getting Dale Weiss types is not helping instead of uh, instead of stall types. But yeah, but still, but, still, you know, if you look at, uh, I mean, Oscar, look Lermont at the young guys. The line. Yeah. Lermont's on the second line. Scott Lawton revitalized his uh, first round draft sets, which, by the way, I I. Hextall, as we know, makes amazing lineup decisions. And for some reason, Laterra at center over Scott Lone on the fourth line is pissing <laughs> me off. <laughs> like, I don't know why that's the one where I'm just like, what are we doing? But what are we even doing here at yeah, this point, folks? Folks, so fucking annoying. And it I mean, annoying. of course, it bit him in the ass last night. So, but I mean, Laterra is not going to come out for that. It's just going to be. Just gonna be marked up as a Provorov taking an elevated pinch or something. So right, right. Yeah, it's just amazing how slow yeah. he is sometimes. Like it, it, Laterra can be impressively slow. Yeah, like I, man, it, I, I don't even, I don't even know how to describe it. He is definitely, he's not as slow as LeCavier, but he's up it's there. It's close. It's it close. is. It's close, and that really shouldn't be a conversation about anybody that's supposed to be on this roster right now. But uh, how old is Latera? He's not like extremely old, right? Well, you know, I, I think he's uh, 26, but playing in the body of a, an 89-year-old man. It's like a Benjamin Button situation, kind of. Yeah, it's a Benjamin Button situation. Yeah, exactly. Case of Benjamin Button. I'll look it Benjamin up. Button I, I don't old. think he's 20. I want to say he's 29, but yeah, like I don't think he's 30. Like I think he. I know he came over a little bit later than usual. I think when he started out in St. Louis, but that was in 2014-15. So. That was only like four years ago. I always forget that his first name is technically Jorold. Jorold. <laughs> Jorold Yuri Yantin, Yantinen Latera. Yeah, everybody knows that. Yeah, everybody knows that. He's 30. Name. He's 30. Okay. Good old JJL. Okay, that's the official name. It's JJL now. <laughs> it's uh, like yeah. YYZ, but incredibly slow. Wait, that's not a. I'm thinking of uh that fucking Rush song. Is that YYZ? No, that's YYZ actually. is also known as that fucking Rush song. But there's. <laughs> were you thinking of Tom Sawyer? No, no, no. Uh, there's a. I'm gonna look it up now. The Rush song. I think it's X Y Z. It's just an instrumental. The obnoxious. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, I think you. I think you were on. It's Y Y Z. Yeah, it's Y Y Z. Y Y Z. No. Okay. Canada. Yeah, Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Getty Lee has an annoyingly high-pitched voice for uh, 
a guy. I don't know what you mean, Craig. (laughs) Yeah, they're so great. They're like the best rock band ever. They're just Neil Pert. Neil Pert on those drums. That's all I gotta say. Neil Pert. Yeah. (laughs) Neil Pert on drums. Pretty good. Neil Pert lyricist. Kind of hot garbage. (laughs) Wrote an entire song about trees. So I, I mean, I don't know. And I don't think it was about weed, but I could be wrong. You, know, <laughs> you never know. You never yeah, know. No, see, they're Canadian. They're fucking weird. Canadians love trees. They love leaves and syrup, beards. Not JVR, though. Yeah, edging out gold medals in hockey. One of the only goddamn sport they play. Yeah. It can. <laughs> losing at curling. Yeah, losing at curling. Uh, talk about... a big game. We won one time, and, you know, time to talk that big game. <laughs> Oh man, uh, let, let's talk a little bit about this uh, this this playoff push here too. I mean, right. I, I got no. I do want to. Did you see the the Predators Panthers highlights at all last night? I mean, no, I'm kind of very hard. very disappointed in our friends to the Southwest. Yeah, so they lost two to. I think they lost two to one. It was a one goal game. By the way, I say in the Southwest like they're the Coyotes or something. Yeah, shit. <laughs> uh, they're south and they're west of here, but they're not in the Southwest. <laughs> it was. Two to one game, Luanga made a gajillion saves on in within the final. No joke, the last second of the game, a Predators goal was waved off for goalie interference, and it was very borderline as usual. It was one of those, of course, whatever, whatever was called on the ice is probably going to stand, and it went the Panthers' way. And it's just one of those things where you, you know, they could probably still win in overtime or the shootout, and they still get the two points, but. That game goes to overtime of the shootout. You don't know if they get that second point. And the Flyers, the Flyers' magic number is three. All they needed, Panthers only get a point there. Then it's down to the Flyers need to get a win in the final two games of the year. But now they still need a little more, a little more to go their way here. So, yeah. Uh, so let's let's talk about the two games that happened since we last spoke, Greg. Yeah. So yeah, first yeah. there was the the Boston game played in Philadelphia on Sunday afternoon on on Easter Sunday. And it's a game that the Flyers had a great effort in and they should have won in regulation. But of course, Boston tied it up with eight seconds left. left. Yeah, see, and I'm not even I I know that's like a big, I guess, like point of emphasis from that game. But I'm still happy with the rest of that game. The rest of the game was great. And they had three of the players of the year in one game and the game they needed to win. Yeah, every Flyers goal in that game was hot fire. Yeah, it was insane. So I'm, I mean, I'm fine with that. Uh, the and it sucks too because, I mean, of course, Hacksaw once again uses terrible uh, asset management on the final shift of the game, and it sucks that the only good player out there was the one that caused the mistake. And it was such a, it was such a simple mistake. All all Simmons had to do was just turned to his right and banging off the boards and he tried to throw it off the middle of the ice and it got ripped. They got ripped from him. And then McDonald also had a chance to clear and I mean the like predictable outcome there happened, I guess. And then just somehow the Bruins score with was it three point four seconds left? I believe it was three point four seconds. It was something around there. Definitely anything under five is uh not cool. Devastating. Not, not a fun time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it just was like, oh boy, here we go again. But thankfully, Claude Giroux settled all of that in overtime with a, an amazing goal, one of the goals of the year. Although yeah. I think, I think Konechny's 
outdid him in that same game. I would say Konechny had the better goal. I mean, the the Drew one was still obnoxious, and the idea to do the fake in between the leg shot and then go fucking bar down was yeah, it was it was pretty cool. All on the but back he, end, mind you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think yeah, but Konechny's entire play there was ridiculous, which I think is what makes it a better goal. And I think he went through Bergeron. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Who's going to win his uh, 230th Selkie this year. So congrats oh. Bergeron. Uh, and Konechny's what, half Bergeron size? Uh, I don't know. Uh, they Bergeron's not a big guy either. Yeah, but Konechny's just so tiny. Yeah, he's very tiny. Um, no, I think Bergeron, I think Bergeron might be, I want to say he's like 5'10", too. Oh, if only, okay. If only we had the technology to look this up. I'm on it. Okay. <laughs> he's 6'1". Oh, 6'1". Oh, okay. So he is, yeah, there you go. Never mind. He is bigger. I don't know why I think he's smaller. And it's not like he plays a small game either, so I don't know. Doesn't have those broad shoulders. I don't, he's I don't got know. 20 pounds on Connecty too, so that, that that's a yeah. nice, you know, chunk of change. Yeah. You did get embarrassed there on that that goal. So I think which okay, so which goal is better, Connectney or the William Carlson Carlson goal on Saturday? I don't think I saw the Carlson goal. I'll have to look okay. that up. So I think people are dumbing at the goal of the year. Shorthanded between the legs goal. I uh, went top shelf. But I think I don't know. It's one of those things where like that's been done before. And also it's I I know it's shorthanded, but like I don't know. Like I feel like that was just I'm looking a, it up now. Yeah, it was just a rush play and then he hit a really good shot, which is important. But I feel like the connecting one, there's just a lot more to that entire play. Like I'm always more impressed with the I guess development of a goal than the final act to actually scoring the goal sometimes. Yeah. So I would say certainly more impressive circumstances for oh, the yeah. connecting one just because he he went through so much traffic and was able to pot it still and yeah. just uh, man he's just the best he's he really is best yeah he's just the most exciting guy on the team easily and uh, that includes yeah. a guy who's almost scored 100 points <laughs> yeah and he's only he's probably only gonna get better next year so which makes it scary I and that's the thing that I'm not gonna try and harp on this episode. Uh, but I mean, next year looks pretty good if they can add a couple more pieces throughout the lineup and Sandheim's a couple up more Dale Weiss year. types. But exactly. You read my fucking mind, my man. That's what I'm talking about. But no, like uh, Sandheim's up for the whole year. Limblom's up for the whole year. Both Elliot and Norbert don't die. Uh, they add in another goal score somewhere along the line. I don't know if that's through free agency or if Frost is up or Verbiev's in the bottom six. Or... And maybe they move a body to bring up Myers as well. But I think next year looks pretty good. Like next year, I think they should actually be competing. So, okay, so the Carlson goal was uh, very sick. Great goal yeah. for sure. I'm going to rewatch the Konechny goal though for uh, no objectivity whatsoever because we already know which way I'm going. But uh, no, it was, it was a great goal. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I just yeah. am going to watch this Connect Me one again. So and let's see. 
connect he just flips oh the puck god. in the air uh, oh my god the black was around bergeron and then pots it ah, i i don't know i think i think that's the one but yeah well i, I like to think another argument i like or not argument but uh like the goal or argument i guess if we're gonna call it that like the i think dennis avard uh the guy played on the blackhawks back in like the 80s had one of the greatest goals ever and it was a play where he carried in from the neutral zone. I think he deked around everybody on the team they were playing. Was getting, like, hauled down. And while he was falling down, he read the top shelf. <laughs> I just so, saw what you saw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The uh, St. Louis Blues have just gone down to the Chicago Blackhawks. We're talking about heartbreaking last-minute yeah. losses. Oh, and, uh, this would be it. 8.5 seconds left for in the game and the blues yeah. needed a crucial point. Cause they're down one point to the, the avalanche. And this was their the game Blackhawks. in hand. This was their game in hand. So now they need, now they need help. Yeah. Man. Oh God. It's yeah, look flyers flyers. Look, <laughs> come on guys. I need this. I need to make the playoffs over the blues. We need, <laughs> we need an early look pick. At, yeah. Look at all the, Oh man. A lot oh, of objective oh, face. Oh, oh, Shen. Oh. Did they show him yet? Oh, a lot of, uh... Can I rewind? It's funny. I, like, I don't have ill will towards Braden Shen. I just have ill will towards everybody who said that was a slam dunk, easy win for the Blues. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I know what you mean. Oh, believe me. I know what you mean. It's going to be great, though. Uh, when... <laughs> Did their GM just like walk out? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Doug <laughs> looked like he was real fucking pissed. So, man, that's real painful. Hello, darkness, my old friend. You know they they've the been through some... the playoffs again. <laughs> they've been through some shit this year. If you're a Blackhawks fan, yeah, like I would be. Or, I mean, a Blues fan, I'd be real upset. I mean, I'd probably be upset if I was either one of those. Yeah, and believe yeah, me. True. We're only a point or two away from being Blues fans. And if the Flyers drop this, this is going to be like a an 07 Mets-like collapse. It's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, I'm putting in a link to that uh, that goal I want you to watch. The, but like this, So this goal, Dennis Savard, it was 1988. If, if, just watch the entire goal. And he does 10 things to make the goal happen. And I feel like that is... I don't know. Like the Thomas Hurdle goal, what was it four years ago? It was cool because he went between the legs, but that's all he did on the play. It was an eight two. He made it eight to two. Yeah. And he did a move that's already been done before, and I think that it's a ridiculous move and like never happens. But I, when I think of goal of the year, I, I always, I always wanted to be a, I guess more polished play. I guess well, all around. When it's like a shootout move, like. It's cool and all, don't get me wrong, but when you have the goalie one-on-one and you can pull that kind of shit out. Yeah. Great, but like, oh, that's a, that's a killer goal. The Savard one? Yeah. yeah. And so that like, was reminiscent of what Konechny did, where he, you know, I, I think if you have to go around a defender, it makes all the difference. Yeah. Which is why I think, I mean, the Vetchkin one, I think is still going to be the best goal ever, because he... Was going around a defender and then pulled off that nonsense. So, uh, 
But yeah, so the Flyers, uh, they may may not make the playoffs. So, what, what okay, you... so we, we talked about we talked about this this Boston game. Yeah, uh, good effort, I think, from the team in that game. Uh, yeah. Let's talk about the Islanders game real quick. So the one the one positive takeaway from this game, Nolan Patrick, boss yeah. game from Nolan Patrick, probably his best game of the season. So I know I've mentioned it in the past. Uh, and the idea of trading Wayne Simmons is uh, definitely a a painful idea, but I feel like the game last night is an example of why he could be traded. Because Simmons has not been great at 5-on-5 five five for a while now. His biggest asset is standing in front of the net and being a force on the power play. And Nolan Patrick in his limited time has been an absolute force in front of the net himself. When you look at that Tampa game, and then last night he was just absurd. I mean, he re- he redirected the puck in and he also scored. That's the most annoying point about last night's game is they lost. That was such a painful loss. I can't even enjoy the fact that Nolan Patrick scored a diving one-handed goal. Like that's not even. <laughs> yeah. There's no time to be. Nolan Patrick had a great game. Uh, Claude Giroux scored his thirtieth goal of the year. On a on a missile. Yeah. A missile. It's a tie up the game. See, that's the that's the annoying thing when it comes to. The uh, the talking heads that don't really watch the games because that the, the loss will be pinned on captaincy sometimes. But when the team needed a goal, who fucking rocketed one? Right, right to the back of the net to tie it up. Who scored the game winner uh, the other night? Who, by the yeah. way, uh, a certain this can be taken to the beats because a, a certain <laughs> beat writer did not give Claude Giroux first star in that game, despite the fact that he had two goals. Uh, is it uh, Carchita? I believe it was John Boric. Oh, John Boric. Oh, man. That would have been better if it was Shane Gossett's period scored on the breakaway somehow. Well, I and think the, the thing was, was I like, forget nah. who, who provided the screenshots on Twitter, but Boric had just done something the previous day or that day, uh, writing something about, like, well, Claude Giroux hasn't scored any game winning goals. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a very Borkian thing to say. What an asinine thing. <laughs> <laughs> he has almost a hundred points, but you know, and it, and is pushing a team towards a playoff spot. But because he doesn't get the game winning, the game winning goal, which is one of the more flawed stats in hockey. So yeah, yeah. But, you want to you want to talk about nitpicking? Yeah, but that's very John. That's John Bork. John Bork also said to Travis connecting to be sent back down to the AHL, yeah. and also called out Gosh's Pierre last year when he was doing pretty good. Even though he got benched by Haxtell. so well, Very... Clark now has his career high in goals, which is amazing. He's yeah. got his career high in points, and it's, he's having his best year all around. Yeah. Uh, did he get to the very nice total of sixty-nine points yet? I think he. I sixty-nine he assists. Sixty-nine assists. Sorry. Yeah. Two more needs two more. Yeah. So I, I'm still. I mean, this is a ridiculous season altogether. I just think it'll be insane if he does get like the most assists between. NHL and AHL action. Or, I mean, NHL and uh, junior hockey. That would be kind of insane. So. Uh, I think he, I mean, I, I think he has a realistic chance to still break 100 here. Yeah, he's it's got two games to score three points. Yeah, I don't think it's out of the question he gets a two-point game here. So. And the, the opponents are the Hurricanes and the Rangers. So, look. <laughs> the Flyers have a very good chance to beat both these teams in theory. Look, in I theory. Mean, 
I was going to say, we said that about the Islanders. I thought the Islanders was the easiest game of the match, or the, I mean, the remaining games. So. You thought it was easier than the Rangers? I I mean, the Islanders average like four goals against every single game. And the Rangers are going to be throwing out Lundqvist there on Saturday, I believe, because they're playing with, they're going with Gorgiev the game before. So Okay. It might be his last game in a Rangers uniform. Yeah. I mean, if you're <laughs> I'm talking- just going to spread Lundqvist rumors on this podcast now. <laughs> Actually, speaking of that, uh, did you see who pulled the puck out of the net in their last game in uh, their hometown? Or their uh, their last home game of the season? I did not. And Eric Carlson uh, went and grabbed the puck out of the net in his last game in Ottawa. His Or the last game in Ottawa this year, I guess. So Yeah, but may, perhaps his last game in Ottawa. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's a, that's, a not, that's a weird thing to do if you're uh, going to become... Like you're not going to see Claude Drew going through the back of the net and grabbing something this year, if uh, you know. Except for cops' butts. Yeah, except for yeah. Don't worry, Dijon Kovacevic will have the story on that one. So, and <laughs> Dijon, mustard. <laughs> Good old mustard. Yeah, but this team is annoying as shit. And last the last night's uh, loss was extremely painful. I I'm still. Last night put the seed of doubt in my mind that they could miss the playoffs. I was really confident going into last night's game because I did not think that both they were going to lose in regulation and the Panthers were going to win in regulation. And I think just the way both things unfolded makes it even worse because to come out with no points gained and the three points they need to clinch, you know, the magic number being three, just to be had that goal weighed off in Nashville and then for them to not score in the final 20 seconds or whatever, it's just unbearable. But, and I, 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 I've been nervous the most about the Carolina game coming down the stretch. I don't know why. Like, I feel like the hurricanes are going to be annoying. Like, I feel like Jeff Skinner's going to have a game tonight. Like he's going to have like three points or something obnoxious. Uh, and I'm worried that the Isaac tweeted out today that Elliot has been, you know, the team's been replicating games with him in practice, and he hasn't been rolled out for the Hurricanes game. So I'm nervous he's going to come back, he's going to get injured, and then, like, Mrazek's going to have to come in cold. Which, I mean, Mrazek doesn't look too good coming in hot. So, no. Well, well, no. So. Actually, he looks better coming in cold. He, in his defense, he had a monster game on Sunday, besides the whole goal with four seconds left. <laughs> but... Had, oh, no, he had some incredible saves, which a, yeah, earned him one of John Burke's star of the games. Oh, there you go. Well, uh, JB star of the game? <laughs> Jabo star of the game? Nice. Good for him. <laughs> but, like, uh, oh, I was like, he, he had that one glove save. He also had another uh, string of big saves in the second period off a of penalty kill. So, uh, And that save in the first period, the glove save he had on, I think it was, I want to say it was Krejci, but... That was, that uh, save was awesome. Yeah, and then Drew scored immediately after that. So it was a kind of momentum shifting save, I guess they needed. So, but I, I don't know. <laughs> Just that it's there. I had, it, I will say though, in 2015 16, they had a game late in the season against the Red Wings where the Flyers were rolling along. The Red Wings were the team they're trying to battle it out there for the one of the last playoff spots. And they won Detroit and they lost, and uh, I felt the same way about the team then. And there's only three games left in the season, then uh, two, I think. So, or like you know, not that many games left, and the Flyers pulled it out and went to the postseason. So, I mean, my thing is like one game, 
it just goes it, it, the flow, whether how I'm feeling, how confident the Flyers are making the playoffs just changes wildly from game to game. After yeah. the Boston well, game, like, yeah, oh, yeah, they're done. Slam dunk. Easy. Making it in. And then I understand. I'm like, oh, here we go again. Uh, better get to use my my <laughs> ticket I bought. Yeah. Yeah, it's I mean, that's that's just what their team is. I will say, too, not to sound too much like a, a 975 caller, but. I, I'll hang up and where, where, where's the urgency in some of these games? Like they came out. What's real the deal with the that. urgency? They came out real flat yesterday against the Islanders. They didn't come out with any kind of like fight against the Stars last week. Seems just, like a Dave Hackstall issue to me. Uh, it could be. I mean, I feel like you could say this about a, a couple of teams there the last couple of years, though. I don't know. By the way, with the Blackhawks win, the, the Kings just clinched the playoff spot, so now there are two remaining spots out west between the Ducks, Avalanche, and Blues. I'm thinking, uh, thinking the Blues are going to be out of it now. Real would, shame. Would Real be some shame. shit. Yeah, there'll be some shit. It's going to be just terrible having a potential 11 to 15 pick this year. <laughs> By the way, the Panthers play the Bruins twice, and do you know who the third team they play is? I looked it up earlier, but I already forgot. The Buffalo Sabres. So, so. let's go Bruins. <laughs> because the Sabres aren't good when they aren't, you know, when they are actually trying. And I don't know. I don't know how much motivation is going to be there if they know they can put. I think they're, are they near the bottom of the league? They're, I mean, they're near the bottom of the league. Are they almost near the first overall pick, I guess? Or the, the lottery balls for the first overall pick, that is? Yeah. Yeah, no, they're the worst team in the league. Oh, by a wide margin. So they're going to have absolutely nothing to play for then. Except for being annoying. Except for, yeah, hopefully they can ruin a division. Ruin a divisional opponent's chances at making the postseason is what they need to do. They need to do what the Blackhawks just did to St. Louis. As a Flyers fan who has seen a lot of shit like that, it's certainly possible. <laughs> As Flyers fans, we've we've seen some shit. We've been through, and, and they're the worst by five points right now. So yeah. it's it's a margin. I wouldn't say it's as wide as I was expecting. It's not. It's no Colorado no. Uh, from last year. Yeah, which I mean, if they do make it this year, that's that's uh, that, I mean, that's a pretty big jump. That, yeah, it's that, impressive. That it's looking likely. You, yeah, shows you how shitty of a situation Bednar was put in last year. Or like how important offseason prep is into, I guess, developing strategy and actually being able to run a team. Because how important it is a, to not have your coach quit at the last minute. In late August or whatever it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what an asshole. But that's Patrick Wall for you. Pretty Major big. asshole. Yeah, so. Uh, so what do you think happens here for these final two games? Do you First of all, do you think they get the three points themselves? Or do you think they get the help from Florida? Or do you think they need the help from Florida, I should say? I think I think they get three points between the two games. I really do. I think so, too. I think they're going to come out. I I don't know. I think they're going to come out pretty charged up tomorrow night. I hope so. That's, you know, if there's one thing I'm pointing to hack to, and believe me, there's plenty of things to point to, to hack to uh, fault-wise. But mm. one of them is definitely the energy level of the team in big games. And certainly just carrying energy throughout the game. I don't know if that's a prep issue or what, but I mean, it just this team is wildly different, not only game to game, but period to period. 
Yeah. No, they really are. And I mean, I, I mentioned the Stars game earlier, but yeah, they they came out flat in the first two periods, and then the third period, the first two minutes were they had extreme forechecking. Drew kept the cycling alive twice. Forecheck came flying off the bench to grab a loose puck and beat, I think, Camus to a puck where he was only like five feet away. And then Patrick stripped, stripped uh, Jamie Ben from behind and almost scored. By the way, the Nolan Patrick uh, strips from behind, leading the breakaway chances. Looks like it's going to become a thing because he did that to somebody on the Bruins too on Sunday. So I'm hoping yeah, he does it in the postseason. But uh, yeah, Nolan Patrick and Maddie wrote about this, but Nolan Patrick is becoming a player. Like he is going to be a force next year, and he is going to. He looked terrible earlier this year, but I'm assuming a lot of that has to do with the. I mean, it looked like a lot of had to do with that injury now. And recovering from that injury, and also injury and yeah, catching up to NHL speed. Yeah, and now he's caught up, and man, he's he's going to be scary. I mean, if that second line, like I think, if they go out and they get a top six forward to add to what they have, and then they push down, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But then you, you keep Patrick and Lindblom on the second line, and keep Voracek in the top six, and then maybe I don't know who you'd move down. They can certainly uh, afford a top six forward with a lot of the money they're going to free up in the offseason. Yeah. But I, I just, given Hextall's track record, I just can't see him going for anybody. And the, the big names out there right now we're looking at Tavares, Tavares still has a T91 coming to Philly, baby. I would love it. Love it. I would love I would nothing, love nothing more. more. Yeah. But Tavares but, is one of the big names out there. And the other one is uh, a very familiar name to Philadelphia Flyers fan, James Van Riemsdyk. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he's coming back. I mean, maybe. I mean, yeah. that would be kind of, it would be kind of cool if the top line became Giroux, Katori, and JVR. Like, you just go back to, because, I mean, Giroux and JVR were on that third line during the 2010 Cup run, and then they were expected to be the two big names once Richards and Carter were dealt, but and uh, Holmgren said I needed to trade JVR as well. So Really need Luke Shen on this team. Really need Luke Shen. Luke Shen, by the way, who knocked out Scotty Upshaw for the rest of the year. Did you see that? I missed that. Luke oh, Shen no. had, Luke Shen had X a... X-Flyer on X-Flyer crime. Yeah, Luke Shen had a monster hit on Scotty Upshaw. And all I heard the broadcast team go was, yeah, Scotty Upshaw is now after the rest of the season. So it <laughs> must have been one hell of a hit. But, yeah. I, I don't... I, I, yeah, I mean, maybe JVR. JVR does fit the mold of a bigger player that I guess Hextall kind of likes, but he's not. I don't know. Would Hetty like like a a player that really thinks the game? Would that describe JVR? Probably not. I feel like that. I feel like that describes John Tavares. I'm just saying. You know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'll get and, uh, 36 goals apiece for JVR and John Tavares, and let's always you know let's never forget. How can we forget? that the Flyers' biggest problem year in, year out, is actually scoring goals. They're very good yeah. at setting goals up. They are not good at finishing them off. Yeah, and I mean, the biggest goal scorer over the last couple of years has been Wayne Simmons, and he, it, his goals really aren't of the, I guess, sniping variety either. They're usually greasy, hardworking blue-collar goals, which is fine, but it would be nice to have a guy who can just rip shots at ease like a... Tarasenko or the Fetchkin type player 
like whenever they have the puck, you know, there's a chance it could go in. I mean, it's going to be difficult to find, obviously, but yeah. And I don't know if they have any prospects in the system like that, or if even Tavares is a player like that. But so, Craig, I just went on to Cap Friendly and I sorted free agents next year by number of goals scored. So uh-huh. if we're looking at UFAs, it's JVR, John Tavares, Vander Kane. Michael Grabner, James Neal. Oh my God, bring me James Neal. Let's do it. I don't even care anymore. I don't care just anymore either. Just do get it. James Neal in Philly. And I just want to have a see. jerk line with James Neal and Travis Connecting. <laughs> James Neal, Travis Connecting. Claude Drew brings back uh, some of his old trolling habits back in his earlier days and uh, just piss people off to no end. Who would be the third? Who who's the second biggest pest on the team behind besides uh Konechny? Hmm. I don't even I I would I mean I think it's still might it might be Drew. I don't think anybody on defense really Gus Wayne, does talk Wayne Simmons doesn't really count as a pest, right? He's just no, Wayne a Simmons, tough guy. Yeah, Wayne Simmons is just intimidating. Like Wayne Simmons is a guy that I think he talks shit, but he's not a guy that is going to try and irritate you. He's just a guy that is kind of beat the shit out of you so same thing with gudas although yeah, gudas usually gets the shit beat out of him in fights these days yeah i'm thinking of ghost ghost uh that one devil's game where somebody on the devils was talking a lot of shit in the pony box and ghost pretend like you couldn't hear him and then he's also had he's also <laughs> had other instances where he's just kind of like been a little asshole so i think i think ghost might be second in that argument what about voracek voracek yeah he has he has some uh he he control a little He's bigger that- than a traditional pest, but yeah. he's not a fighter. But he's a guy who, when he gets pissed off, he gets pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much he really, like, taunts opponents, though. I guess, like, in terms of, like, irritating opponents. I think he does right, every right. once in a while. You're, but... you're looking for more little trash talk on the ice. Yeah. More like a Brad Marchand or, like, a... Uh, who else is, like, a big asshole that... I'm like blanking on names now, <laughs> but just somebody that like gets under the skin of opponents and just uh, kind of knocks them off their game that way, which is why I think Travis Connectly is a lot of fun to watch because he's one of the best players in terms of producing points. And then he also just pisses people off. So, uh, but we should, we should talk about Wayne Simmons a little bit here because he is not the best Stretch games here. I know he scored last night, but he. By the way, Kenny Linsman might have been the name you were thinking of. The Kenny famously Linsman. known as the Rat. Yeah, the Rat. Yeah, back in the back in the eighties with the Flyers yep. or yep. early. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, Wayne Simmons had that uh, bad play against the Bruins. Then he had the play last night against the Islanders where he turned it over and then looked like he wasn't trying on the back check on the Tavares goal. And uh, like we were saying, or like I was saying before, the five and five production has hasn't been there for a little bit of time for Wayne Simmons, and Patrick is uh, stepping in on the first power play pretty well. And I'm nervous, you know. Hexall had that quote about how, you know, if veterans make mistakes too, just like rookies, there'll be ramifications, and we don't see it for some of the players, obviously, like McDonald or Laterra, but. God knows if Simmons has another bad game or two, maybe uh, maybe Long comes back in for Simmons or something dumb. 
or talk, talk about a move that would maybe cause a riot in the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I, I don't know what it is. I mean, it would. I don't. That and that would also be a move that the NBC broadcast crew would uh, somehow defend. So I just want to see. I really just want to see the limits that a coach would test to where like Doc, Eddie, and Pierre don't defend them anymore. Like if some coach was like, look, I'm tired of 12 forwards and six defensemen. We're only going to dress six forwards, no defensemen. And we're going to put an ECHL goalie in that. I think like Doc and Eddie would be like, well, it's unconventional, but yeah, no, maybe the, maybe they just need more time out there. Maybe if a player plays 50 minutes, they'll do uh, pretty well in a game. So bold strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if it pays off here. So I just, man, that fucking, their slobber fest over McDonald's Sunday was annoying as shit. And it's, it's annoying because we, I, I don't know, like Flyers fans obviously watch every game and know the eye test, the numbers, everything supports McDonald being bad. And there were several plays in that game that supported being bad. And NBC just comes on nationally and they're just like, Flyers fans, what a bunch of dumb assholes are we, right? <laughs> look at how good McDonald is with his leadership and whatnot. Look at how good McDonald is and look at how right Dave Haxtell was to scratch Shane Goss Despair and Travis Konechny all those times. Oh my god, yeah. But here we are. Two games away from the potential. I wanted the, you know what I wanted to do? I wanted the Flyers to clinch a playoff spot last night. I wanted them to win, and then I wanted the Panthers to lose in overtime. And then we could have been talking about whether the Flyers line up against the Capitals, the Bruins, or the Lightning, or the Penguins the best. Which, as up, there's only one team that is moderately okay when it comes to those th- those four. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm bummed that this is what we're talking about instead also. Yeah. The, the I, I am theme, looking forward yeah. to the Penguins and the Blue Jackets beating the shit out of each other in theory. Uh theory, physically, I feel like the Penguin I feel like this is kind of like the same series as last year where the Blue Jackets in terms of like underlying numbers could stand a chance and they could put up a fight. I feel like the Penguins are going to roll over them. Yeah. Like I, I'm yeah. trying to delude myself into thinking that the Penguins just won't march into another Stanley Cup final. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's going to be, they're going to beat the Blue Jackets in five? We'll say five. Uh, Flyers make it to play the Caps. Uh, who are you taking the Penguins versus Caps or Flyers? <sighs> yeah, and then uh, that's the Eastern Conference Finals right there. And then you're looking at a lightning team, potentially a lightning team that has kind of looked not as lightning-ish since the trade deadline. Uh, or the Bruins, who, I mean, I I guess we're hoping the Bruins make it because the Bruins could cause some damage, I guess. But with the way the, the way that Bruins have been getting injured, I mean, they'll probably, like Bergeron and Marchand will go down the series before that. 100%. Yeah, like stupid pen stuff will happen right before. Char the... will go down mid series. <laughs> Char, Char will go down like a tall oak tree at like center ice, and he'll take down like three teammates with him. Like he'll, he'll like... actually he'll go down right over <laughs> Tuka Rask. Yeah, he'll just take out like Tuka and like Brad Marchand and Rick, Rick Nash, and th- that'll be it. Like the the Bruins will just be out of the postseason. It'll be like Kadobin coming in and getting like just lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> Phil Kessel scores. 12 goals in a game. 
<laughs> By the way, did you see my uh, flyby headline? And I want to rehash it here because I enjoyed it very much. But the the Monday after the the Flyers beat the Bruins, I put the headline: uh, Anton Puck goes in. <laughs> Am I right, folks? <laughs> They're firing me very shortly at Broad Street Hockey, so I gotta get those. Any all minute in. now. Any <laughs> yeah, minute. Any now. minute. With, this may not get up on Broad Street Hockey. <laughs> it's I'm still fine. waiting on a text that just says. <laughs> I'm outskis, so you're outskis. Uh, rest of the playoffs, yeah. So I think it's going to be Penguins, Blue Jackets, right? Penguins, uh, Blue Jackets seems likely. I'm again, I'm hopeful. Maybe, maybe something will have changed with the Blue Jackets where they actually show up this year, but probably not. But yeah, probably I'm, not. I'm, I'm trying to hope. I'm trying to hope. And then if I mean, so if the playoffs started today, it'd be Penguins, Blue Jackets, Capitals, Devils. I hate that. I want Capitals Flyers. Even even if I was a neutral NHL observer, I would want f- yeah. Capitals Flyers and like Devils Bruins. Well, I don't know who the Devils would be fun to watch this year, and I don't know. I don't know if that's really us adding on to our usual Devils uh, slam dunking, but I I just don't know what type of team they'd really be fun it's to match up against. Devils dunk dunk fest. Not to go Vince Carter on them, but uh, but like I feel like the. Yeah, I feel like the Bruins would murder them. The Capitals, I kind of don't want to see them play the Capitals because, uh, I don't know, I still feel like the Caps are kind of a vulnerable team this year. Like, they've dropped off a lot in the underlying numbers. It's a Vetchkins, the only one who's really scoring goals there. And uh, Hopey doesn't look like Hopey this year. I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like this is the year where the Caps, instead of losing in the second round, they could lose in the first round. So, By the way, uh, speaking of the Capitals, do you know how many games Brooks Orpik has gone without scoring a goal? Is it more than a season? Buddy, it's more than a season. All right. Uh, let's is... go with 200 games. 198 games. Oh, my God. I was so close. 198 <laughs> regular season and playoff games. So not like a regular season caveat where like, he doesn't score in the regular season, but he's got like three in the last two postseasons. Like right, right. he has not scored in the last 198 total games he suited up for. What the that's, fuck? How does if, that even if happen? If I may throw a hot take out there, that's bad. I just how like we watch Andrew McDonald on and Brandon Manning, and they, I mean, there are just games where they throw the puck at the net and it bounces in somehow. How does that not happen for him? Second I know he most did. goals from defensemen in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, that's true. I guess the Flyers are just stacked at the blue line when it comes to that. So never mind. Bad point. <laughs> never mind. Scratch that. Uh, but he he only has 51 shots this year. But last year, I think he had 90-something. So it's not like he – I guess he's not shooting that much. But it's still a thing where, like, you'd think he'd get – you think he'd get one – At ba- least one should bounce in. Yeah. Like, you take a shot that gets through six people somehow and the goalie doesn't see it or something dumb like that. So – I that's just it's amazing though. I was looking that up because uh, Scott Hartnell killed Victor Antipin of the uh, Buffalo Sabres, boarded him pretty badly. Uh, Victor Antipin's out for the rest of the season. I was looking at his stats and he has zero goals in forty-seven games. And I said to myself, "Self, that's got to be one of the lowest-scoring defensemen in the league to not have a goal in that many games." And then uh Brooks Orpik and Nicholas Jensen of the Detroit Red Wings have no goals in 79 games this year. Which then you again, found out that Brooks was here. Yeah, and then <laughs> Brooks has 
not scored in forever. So carved into a bean. <laughs> what are the Western? What are the Western matchups? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you. I would take the Bruins over the Devils, or I mean, I guess I'd still go Caps over Devils, but I feel like the Devils Caps series would be annoyingly close. Yeah, it would be annoyingly close, and we would just sit there going, "That could have been us." What do you think of the? Who do you think is going to take the Leafs Lightning or Leafs Bruins? I feel like whoever the Leafs play, they're going to lose to in the first round this yeah, year. Leafs are unfortunately they have a tough matchup, and that's one of those yeah. situations where I, I guess I'd have to look at. Well, maybe I can look at it by division. I'm there trying to go. figure out if we were by the the old way of counting it the oh. top two com you know the the conference winners on top or i'm sorry the division winners on top and then kind of matching it up from there if the Leafs yeah. would have a more favorable matchup so let's say well, i think i if, saw they were gonna be playing the flyers at one point okay so let's say we went with that system it would be boston number one seed washington number two uh tampa bay would be three and then toronto would be four and Pittsburgh would be five. So oh, no, they, yeah. <laughs> I think you're boned every way you look at it. Yeah, you're boned e- each way. So they just like. Uh, would you rather play Tampa Bay or Pittsburgh? <laughs> they they switch to the one through sixteen for both conferences. They end up playing like the Predators in the first round. Just any right, way they right. cut it. Any way they cut it, they're just going to be pay, playing some yeah. kind of. I think they're they're damned either way, and I yeah. think which sucks because they're a fun team to watch, and they. I mean, Austin Matthews came back recently. They have a, I mean, they're a pretty good team. They, they definitely, I mean, they would have been lucky in the normal playoff format too, but they definitely got bone this year with the uh, taking on the Lightning or the Bruins, who are two of the best teams in the league. If it if takes you more than, I don't know, 30 seconds to figure out what the playoff matchups are going to be, you got a stupid system in place. Yeah. I think they're going to look at it this year or this summer, maybe. I, don't I know. hope so. It's terrible. It's uh, not good. I mean, I really miss the old one. The yeah. old one was perfect. Like, not perfect, but it was, I, it was good. The only the only thing I didn't like about the other one was just I never understood. I, I mean, I, I, I guess I do understand why the the division winners always got home ice. But, like, sometimes the, the Frankly, I think three, it's less of an issue with just two divisions. Like, Yeah, no, that, that's true. Yeah, The problem was the Caps yeah. feasted off that shit division for years. That was the biggest issue. Yeah, I remember the one year in 2008 when they played each other. The Caps had one more point than the Flyers, and the Caps were the three seed, and the Flyers were the six seed. And I don't know. I feel like that's yeah, that'd be the only thing they need to change. Yeah, because that probably wouldn't happen with only two divisions. Even if he gave it to the division winners, it's not too likely that. Although I think this year, aren't the top three teams uh, in the uh, in the Atlantic all but the Metro right now, or were they? No, no, you're you're right. Uh, yeah, so well, Washington and Toronto were tied, so yeah, okay. it, they have the same amount of points. It would just be an issue for Tampa Bay, really. But Tampa yeah. Bay, if we went by that system, Tampa Bay would be playing. Uh, so they'd be the three. They'd probably be playing playing Columbus. All right. So probably be it would still probably be Boston, Philly, and then Washington, New Jersey. It just wouldn't be. I think it would be. Toronto, Pittsburgh, and Ta- Toronto. Yeah, Toronto, Pittsburgh, and Tampa Bay, Columbus. So there'd be some differences, but I, I just think it's overcomplicated. And 
just go back to what worked before. Yeah. No, I agree. That makes sense. Also, uh, the getting stuck in your own division thing is annoying. So it shouldn't be, we shouldn't have to be seeing Caps Penguins second round every year. If they're the best, we should be yeah. seeing them at the end of the, you know, end of the ride or whatever. But yeah, I, I think that's the thing is that it's supposed to build up rivalries for the first two rounds, which is fine. I guess it's doing that. But then more times, I feel like you're telling it, done it. The, the conference finals have kind of been duds. Like last year, Penguins, well, Penguin Senators went the second overtime of game seven. So I guess not. But in theory, Penn Senators should not be that exciting. <laughs> I kind of uh, miss the weird rivalries that we got from the playoff format in the late 90s, like the Flyers Sabres. Because they oh, played dude, every I freaking still hate year. Yeah. yeah, I still hate the Sabres over that, too. It it actually yeah. turned into a great rivalry based off them just happening to play each other each like other every year in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. that uh, the Senators, too, for a couple years there were really oh, yeah. annoying. The Leafs, too, but the Flyers. Florida Panthers. Florida Panthers, yeah. With Florida the, Panthers. With the Beezer. It was the beginning of my... Uh, it was my entrance as a Flyers fan. I think it was the first year I watched any part of the Flyers was when they lost to the Panthers in the playoffs. Yep. Back in the, the mid nineties. Yeah, no, those yeah, those 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 rivalries were pretty good. Well also wasn't that uh Red Wings Avalanche too? Oh yeah. Just Red Wings Avalanche was everything. Yeah, so Brawls. No, yeah. Let's look at the West. So the West right now, if the playoffs started today, it would be Nashville, Colorado. Vegas, Anaheim. Okay. Winnipeg, Minnesota. Okay. And San Jose, LA. Those all sound pretty good. Uh, Winnipeg, Minnesota, you have defensive against offensive. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully Winnipeg would be able to come out on top with their. I would hope so. Their goal scoring. For the sake of the NHL. Minnesota is going to just definitely whittle them down. Yeah. 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 We would hope that Patrick Liney has an assist or two in that playoff series, and that would be the series that Devin Dubnik has like a pair of fifty-five save shutouts. And like Winnipeg, they, Minnesota is a hundred percent like a late '90s Flyers Devils playoff matchup. Yeah, except I don't think Devin Dubnik's banging a family member, so that's probably you can take that. <laughs> it's all equal. Uh, but set, Sharks Kings is usually pretty good. Uh, Colorado Nashville is a weird one. It's a weird one, but I think the the Predators would smoke them. They should, especially if Arlamov's out, which I believe I don't know if he's just out for the regular season or if he would also miss the playoffs. But, uh, but yeah, they would. I mean, they don't have the defensive depth to handle that. And I mean, McKinnon is a uh, kind of having like a Taylor Hall light type of season. So I don't know if if they shut down McKinnon and Rantanen, I think it would be curtains. So, uh. What was it? A Vegas. I think Vegas Ducks is actually kind of. It's interesting. Kind of, yeah, it's interesting. I think because I think Gibson is could quietly be the Vesna winner this year, and I don't think a lot of people have really been talking about that because the Ducks went through a lot of injuries this year, and I think he's at nine twenty six overall for the season. And yeah, he has nine twenty six save percentage. He played in sixty games. He had four shutouts, thirty one wins. And I mean that team early on, like that team early on. I think they were without Getzlaff, Raquel, Silverberg, and then like half the defense for the first ten games. And they weren't, they weren't behind the eight ball back then. Like they somehow were kind of around five hundred, I believe. And he's had a bunch of monster games since then. So I think I think Gibson will be out there for the Vesna. Uh, but 
Besides that, I am really interested to see how the Golden Knights are going to do in the postseason. Uh, right. Uh, They're a team built mostly on young speed. Yeah. And it's worked very well in the regular season, but I feel like we've seen other teams that are set up similarly and they hit the playoffs and they hit that grinding pace that, you know, just kind of slog that you can have to play through and they just shut down. Yeah. I mean, that could be the case. I also feel like the Knights have that, you know, whenever a team really overexceeds how well they're supposed to do, as soon as they hit the playoffs, they just hit that wall too, I guess. Like I think of like the Avs a couple years ago. Or like maybe even the Devils this year, but just teams that, you know, they're a great story for a while. And then when they get to that last hurdle, they always kind of fall short because they are like the big underdog. Like, for example, like the NCAA tournament that just happened, like Loyola, Chicago. They didn't reach a final, even though they were they had a pretty good run. That makes sense. I mean, I mean Loyola, they hit the final, was it the final four they hit? hit? Yeah. That's impressive. That's impressive as hell. I mean, they actually, I wouldn't say they fizzled. They had one of the best runs I've ever seen from a, a low yeah. seed. Yeah. I know what you're trying to make, though. Like, uh, Colorado is a good example. And we've seen teams like that in the past where they just crush it in the regular season. Uh, they're called the Washington Capitals, for the record. hey <laughs> hey Yeah, we should just have a uh, two-hour episode next week dunking on the Capitals. I hope it's the Caps, man. I want to just dunk on the Capitals constantly. And I found out that we have a new guy at work who is a DC sports fan. Oh, that poor guy. Oh, he's... Oh, he's- was he, he has crying? no idea what's coming. Is he uh is he upset that RG three is with the Ravens now? We did break that news to him today. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> God, I hope RG three just comes in and like leads the Ravens. Well, no, actually I don't because I hate the Ravens. So I hope he throws a lot of pick sixes in a playoff game for the Ravens somehow this year. He's gotta beat Elite Flacco out on the roster though. Yeah. I I mean you can't you can't beat out Joe Flacco anywhere because he is. You think of best quarterbacks ever. You got Joe Montana. You got Dan Marino. And then you got Joe Flacco. I think he's above Tom Brady, in my opinion. You look Easily. at it. Easily. Body of work, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Joe and Flacco. Then, let's talk about the Phantoms real quick. Let's talk about yeah. the, the Flyers-affiliated team that has already clinched a spot already and is in spot. first place. Yeah, looking pretty good, uh, except for tonight, where they got blasted by the Charlotte Checkers, six to one. The team that they are probably going to play in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> they are now, yeah. So that's that's a fun thing. They are four four and zero against Charlotte this year. And I did want to talk about. Yeah, we should talk about the additions that uh, joined the Phantoms this week. Uh, first of all, David Drake, who, if that name sounds familiar, it's because he's. Technically, uh, still a prospect for the Flyers. He was in a wheelchair in Degrassi, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Big yeah. Canadian rapper. Uh, taken in the seventh round of the 2013 draft, 23-year-old left-handed defenseman. Was playing at University of Connecticut for the last two seasons, where he was an alternate captain. He had eight assists this year in 36 games. No goals. But he did have. he does have an assist so far in three games with the Phantoms. He had 25 points in 124 NCAA games. I personally was surprised he's getting any kind of look, uh, but I think he needs to sign a contract with the Flyers 
by June or no by August to remain part of the organization. I don't think it's going to happen. I think this is just a it's an amateur tryout with the Phantoms. So I think Hexall just wanted to see what he had with David Drake because Hexall likes to get the most out of every asset he has. And this is just to see if David Drake would actually be good at the AHL level. And at the very least, you could use him as a Jesper Peterson type and just kind of have him play a role in the AHL, even though you know you're never going to bring him up to the NHL. So, uh, and he was a—I mean, he was a homegrown pick too. So, you know, I don't think he's really like Exos really in favor of him right now. I guess uh, not his guy. Yeah, uh, Carson Torinsky also signed an uh, amateur tryout with the Phantoms as well. We talked about Torinsky a couple of weeks ago because he signed his ELC. Uh, he has appeared. I don't think he played tonight. I was like, not the box score. He didn't play tonight, but he does have. He did have 45 goals and 27 assists for 72 points in 68 games for the Kelowna Rockets in the WHL, who got bounced by the Tri City Americans in the opening round, which is kind of surprising because I think Kelowna was the top seed, or no, they were the three seed, and they were taking on a wild card team. Uh, and then he had two goals and two assists and four for four points in four playoff games. Uh, and he, yeah, he's a guy that I was kind of surprised he signed an ELC too, but he had a monster year in the WHL, looked really good in the rookies games last year. And I think he's, I think he might eventually work his way into the NHL one day, but we will see. It's a bottom six guy, but he might be, be a better bottom six option than some of the people they have now. And also be a better option. Whatever do you mean? Tyrell Goldborn. <laughs> I'm talking about Scott Lawton, who I know you love Scott Lawton, and you've said for years and years that he should be the second line center, Steve. But Look, he's I the think... best player on the Flyers. He's even better than <laughs> Sean Couturbrigadeur. <laughs> I hope that. Do you think that guy still listens? The guy that gave you uh, busted your balls about throwing out Scott Lawton as the second line center? I hope so, because he just won a Flyers rally towel. <laughs> Don't worry, you're not getting anything. You're just going to get mocked mercilessly forever. Random guy who comments on po- podcasts. So, <laughs> hope you enjoy that. Uh, also, with the Phantoms, uh, Stolarz was called up, but I believe he is hurt again. Uh, he was a last-minute scratch before a game earlier, or last week, I guess. Uh, so, poor guy can't catch a break. Uh, hopefully, he can just take t- a little bit of time off here and have a injury-free... 2018 2019 season but we will we will see uh the fan yeah i'm gonna try and give a little more of the phantoms updates over the next couple of weeks because the postseason is going to be starting for them as well i'm pretty hoping we won't see oscar lindblom immediately playing there i nice. hope so too yeah that'd be pretty nice uh <laughs> yeah he's well, eligible right because hextall returned so. him for a day just be on yeah. the deadline for that i think him and i think him and sandheim are available i'm not sure I think so too because Sanheim was only called back up pretty recently. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they're not going down anytime soon. But yeah. I also the Phantoms next year. I think I said this like podcast two ago too. But the the Phantoms next year are going to be pretty fun to watch with all the all the prospects they've recently signed. So uh, looking forward to it. Uh, and hopefully they can actually make some noise this year. Last year they had some unfortunate injuries with the goalies. As it was the start of Anthony Stolar's bad string of uh, luck when it came to injuries, and then also, oh God, who else was in that series? I'm blanking. Their backup goalie got hurt too. It was not Carter Hart. 
Carter Hart joined the team though, uh, but then I don't think he ended up playing. So, but that's the uh, that is the Phantoms update. So uh, let's go Phantoms. And, let's go Phantoms. Uh, let's go one. I'm hoping. Team yeah, I'm in hoping. Southeast, in hope, Eastern Pennsylvania. Hopefully, you're not the only one of the two major Flyers affiliates to make the postseason here. So, I was nice. just. Okay, so I wanted to talk a little bit too about. Uh, we talked a lot about a couple of the individual trophies, and I just talked about Gibson for Vesna. We haven't talked a lot about the Vesna or the Jack Adams, man, because the Flyers don't have a horse in that race. Unless you think Dave Haxall is going to win Coach of the Year, or <laughs> you think Alex Line is in the running. So I don't think a team that's. What do you mean? Wins. Peter Mrazek's been lights <laughs> out. I don't think a team that has wins from four different goalies this year is going to be uh, knocking on the door of Vesna winner. So, have a hunch. Uh, have a hunch from that. They don't have any uh, any stake in these two awards. But Steve, is there a name that comes to mind for either of those awards immediately? I think one comes to my mind for coaching, and I don't think anybody else really stands a chance right now. Gallant, right? Yeah, Gallant, I think it's, I think it's Gallant. I think yeah, it's a, when well. you t- when you take this team. This expansion team with castoffs from every NHL squad and make them into one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You deserve some love. I also think, speaking of deserving some love, and we mentioned it earlier in the episode, but Jared Bednar, I think, deserves a lot of credit for what he's done. Considering, uh, I think a lot of people buried the Avs last year and kind of chalked them up as being pretty terrible and they didn't know what to make of Bednar. And now, he had exactly one full offseason, and this team is knocking on the door of a playoff spot in the Western Conference. So I think he deserves some praise for that. And I don't, unless I'm completely missing somebody, I don't think they had any major, I don't think they had a really major uh, overhaul in the roster either. Like I think it's been pretty much the same group of guys going into it. If anything, they traded a major piece away. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They got rid of Matt Deshane, and they somehow... Got better, so uh, and then I also said Bruce Cassidy, uh, because the Bruins are doing really well and they've had to overcome a ton of injuries this year. And it seems to be the next man on mentality is working, uh, for another New England team, unfortunately. So, yeah, and uh, I, I see you have John Hines on the list. Uh, I definitely John throw him in there, yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, Jersey, I've been trashing them all year, but look, the fact is. This roster, the way it's constructed, for that team to do as well as it has, he's got to be doing something right. Yeah, and you know, even including Taylor Hall's like Superman season, it still is ridiculous that the Devils are are a playoff team right now. So I think he deserves some credit for that. Also, if I mean, if they do pull it off, but I don't think they're going to do it. uh, Bob Bugner, I think, deserves some uh, credit as the Panthers head coach. As they they improved within the season, so that's just it seems to. I think that's more credit to Buchner that he realized what his team needed to start doing, kind of implemented systems to correct that, and now they are knocking on the door of the postseason. Hopefully, yeah, can they don't you imagine if the Panthers had a guy like Gerard Gallant, though? <laughs> uh, yeah. It's okay. You yeah, can yeah. do the same exact joke to the Flyers. Imagine if they had a coach like Peter Laviolette who has the best record in the league. Yeah, I was trying to. I, I was. You would hope that the Panthers have hailed down another coach here. I'm trying to think of a cab joke, but I can't think of anything right now. I, so. I think hailed works. Yeah, it's probably the best one you can think of. Uh, cab jokes when it comes to coaches. So, <laughs> I also threw uh, the. 
Hockeypedia cast also talked about John Tortorella as potential Jack Adams winner. And I mean, he's done a good job. I mean, the Blue Jackets have done really, really good this year. I just don't think he's going to get any. Uh, I don't think he's going to get any votes for Coach of the Year. Yeah, I mean, that's it's because I think that's a no. Yeah, I mean, the field, like, there's a ton of supporting. I think Gallant's going to win, and I think it's really open who second and third could be. For my, I would say second and third should be Cassidy and Bednar. But I, I mean, agree. The Devils, I mean, the Devils were projected to be eighth in the division by pretty much everybody. So maybe John Hines. Get some votes as well. Uh, for Vesna, do you have any names that leap out? I think this one's going to be pretty tough to vote on this year, too. Yeah, there's a lot of tough competition. I'm looking at the numbers you have laid out on our shared sheet. Yeah, I and really think I, I feel like I feel like Gibson has a really strong case. Gibson's got a strong case because if you're thinking of the Vesna as the, the goalie MVP, the guy without whom the team would be completely lost. Like yeah. you, if you're looking Vasilevsky, like, yeah, he's been, yeah, he's really, been good, really good, but the Lightning were still going to kick ass yeah. even same, if he was a mediocre goalie. Same argument for Renee, too. Right, and especially and, with that defense in front of him. Yeah, and I think even even though he had an MVP caliber, like, three-month stretch, I think the same could be said for Tuka Rask. Because, I mean, that team's been – that team's had a lot of – I guess on our skill on it, like uh, a lot of rookies have stepped up and played really well this year for that team. Yeah. I mean, just look at McAvoy and also like even now Ryan Donato has been going nuts. So I think Flurry's got to be a and, strong contender. Yeah. I think the thing with Flurry, the only reason why I would say he, the only thing that really hurts him is games played. Yeah. But the numbers he's had, his numbers the are he ridiculous. has played. Yeah. They're ridiculous. Uh, yeah. We're looking at this uh, 45 games played. 29, 12, and 4 record, 931 save percentage, yeah. 2.14 GAA, and 4 shutouts. That's outstanding. Yeah, it is. No, it really is. And I mean, I'm not, I think it could be enough to get him a, a Vesna votes, but I'm just saying, I wonder if I wonder if the writers are going to look at the 45 games and be like, not enough. Not yeah, enough they will. Season, that, that's, so. that's classic sports writer yeah. stuff. Right <laughs> very, yeah, very old, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I would give Bobrovsky some consideration just because he's he's very good and always Hell does a really Buck, good job with the young defense. Hell you Buck, I think, kind of falls into the same category as Renee and Vasilevsky as getting a lot of help in front of him. But at the same time, the Jets' backup isn't as reliable as the other. Well, actually, I mean, the Lightning. And the, Who, who's that backup again on the Jets? Uh, he's left-handed. Uh, he won the... Uh, he won the Yannick Dupree Memorial Award last year for the Flyers for being really great with the media before he uh, trashed the entire yeah, team. <laughs> yeah, before that, yeah. So, uh, so a guy named Steve Mason. Never heard of him. So. I've never he, heard of him. It's... He won Rookie of the Year, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. Did he? Oh, that's good for him. When was that? Last year? Two years ago? Yeah. We're going to ignore the rest of his career in Columbus, though, after that. so Yeah, and, also, and half of his career in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, the latter half. Uh, also, I know it's a name that might get eye rolls from people, but uh, Jonathan Quick's had a pretty decent season this year too. And I know it's that he plays behind the Kings, and I know he has an, playing, an annoying playing style, and everybody in mainstream media already like blows him. But he did play 62 games, 32, 27, and 3, 924 save percentage, five shutouts, and the Kings are not the old Kings. Like they're not. They the kind of have a shitty, here. not a shitty defense, but. Not the best. A lot more middle of the road. A lot more middle of the road, and they're not 
they're usually one or two when it comes to puck possession in terms of course of four percentage and expected goals for and everything. And this year they're on the bottom half of the league. I think they're around like 17 or 18 in that category. Last time I checked out, I haven't checked in a while though. I might do that right now, but so it's not, it's not like he's playing behind a team that is just spending most of the time at the other end of the ice. And then he sprawls around like an idiot that makes some saves. He's I feel like he's been doing work this year. And uh, he might get some attention for. I don't think he deserves to win it, but maybe he deserves some votes. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, the thing is, ultimately, you've got a lot of really worthy names, but the sports writers are still going to go for the big names. There, the guys who have the numbers, yeah. even though they have a defense in front of them, they should consider more of those factors. But ultimately, it's going to come down to Vasilevsky and Rene, and probably Gibson. Yeah. Kings, by the way, are 16th in Corsi 4%. They are at 49.85. So not, they're it's not like even. Middle of the road is exactly accurate. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they. Yeah, I mean, Vesna, they're, they're probably going to look. I feel like Renee's going to win this year. I feel like Renee's had a huge push for him. Just like a ha- Taylor Hall's had a huge push for him in the MVP uh, debate the last couple of days. Uh, and I feel like Renee is a guy, too, that. He's one of those guys that there seems to be two camps for him, like people that support him and people that really hate him. And the year that he's had, I think people are going to kind of put into the equation that he has to uh, deal with the haters, I guess, in a way. So maybe he'll get more recognition than he deserves. I mean, he's been good. It's just, I mean, that Predators team in front of him is really good. And that defense still has Yossi, Ekholm, Subban, and Ellis. So, I mean, you know, that's... It's not exactly a hard night's work most nights, but whatever, I guess. That's what it comes down to. Steve? Is it that time? Oh, wait, no. It is not that time, actually. I was ready for it to be that time. Frozen frozen 4 real quick. Okay, real quick. Okay. Uh, Ohio State plays Minnesota Duluth at 6 p.m. tonight, and then Michigan plays, University of Michigan plays Notre Dame. Tanner Zitsky. Uh, has one goal and two assists with three shots on goal so goal so far so on the, uh, so far in the tournament. Uh, six round picks back in 2016. He had 46 points in 40 games this year. Led Ohio State in assists, points, and shots on goal, and was also second in goals. He has not signed with the Flyers yet. Signs in August. It needs to be signed by August 15, 2020. Uh, I think. I think his stock has risen a lot this year. I think he went from being a prospect that some people picked as like their dark horse to kind of make the team eventually. I think he's jumped up a lot in only his second year at Ohio State. I believe it's the second year. Uh, and I think he will eventually make his way onto the Phantoms after next season. And I think the move of Cooper Marodi to the Oilers, I think that's another four that's out of his way to kind of help him make the roster after next season. So get ready to hear about Tanner Lezinski. Do not get ready to hear about Brendan Warren, who plays for the University of Michigan because he is not as promising a prospect. He has one goal, two shots on goal, and two pims so far in the tournament. Uh, he had nine goals and six assists for 15 points in 39 games this season with 64 shots on goal. He was acquired in the Nick Cousins trade. Oh, so he, I like him already. Yeah, he's he's a positive on that note. Uh, but he... Apparently his game is nothing but speed and he doesn't bring too much else to the table. But I mean, that is the one thing you need. It's just 
Taylor maybe, Lear. Maybe more Taylor Lear, actually. That is, yeah, that's that's a fair comparison. Uh, he needs to sign by August 15, 2019 to remain within the organization. Uh, I'm hoping. So we got some time. A little bit of time for both these prospects. And I think that was the end game with the Warren addition. Uh, move Marik Madsen, who I think Hexel didn't think there's going to be space for him. I mean, there's not space for him. When you look at the bodies that are supposed to be coming in next year with the goaltenders and uh, give him a chance out in Arizona. In the meantime, you also get the move Nick Cousins, which uh, off ice was great for everybody. Uh, I think that I still like that trade, even though it's not a great, you know, not the most exciting trade, but I think it still makes sense in the long run. So, all right. Oh, Cooper Rooney, by the way, had a two goal game and he has three points with nine shots on goal through two games. So should have kept not worried about it. Not worried about it at all. Uh, so, Stephen, the Flyers, we're moving on to the game now. So this is, uh, I think you're going to enjoy this one, although I don't know how good you're going to do at it. Uh, the Flyers play the Hurricanes tonight. Oh, God. <laughs> so fucking creepy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Flyers play the Hurricanes tonight, and their leading goal scorer, Sebastian Ajo. So, Steve, we're going to play Name That Sebastian. No, oh boy, this is this is an interesting. I got seven one. names, by the way. So you got seven Sebastians. I hope you're right. None of them include the Little Mermaid. None of them include the Little Mermaid. Da, 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 there, da. there are, um, there are two where Sebastian is part of the first name. The second part of the first name. I feel like that's enough of a hint to help you out. So the first one, seven names. Here's the first one. You ready, Steve? Okay, wait. I, I'm getting up. Uh, I'm getting some appropriate music queued up. Oh God! Oh. Wait, wait, wait. What's more appropriate, uh, Sebastian Bach or Under the Sea from The Little Mermaid? Uh, I'm gonna say Sebastian Bach. I do not want to listen to Little Mermaid right now. Da, 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 da. By the way, Sebastian Bach not one of the answers. So. God damn it. Yep. I almost gave away another one of the answers, so we're not gonna. <laughs> now it, go ahead. I, I'm I'm still deciding on music. So. Actually, yeah. Okay. Um, question number one: Drafted in the first round of the 2000 NFL Draft, this kicker out of Florida State was just recently released by the Oakland Raiders. Should be the one of the easier ones. Okay. Wait. Wait. I'm sorry. Uh, please do that again. Okay. I was distracted by Spotify. <laughs> Drafted in the first round of the 2000 NFL draft, this kicker out of Florida State was just recently released by the Oakland Raiders. Sebastian Janikowski. Sebastian Janikowski. One for one. Uh, I'm hoping you watch. I feel like you've watched this show, so I think you should get this reference. Uh, this famous miniature horse was the muse for many people in Parks and Rec's Pawnee, Indiana. Bye bye, little Sebastian. <laughs> Thank you, Steve Pratt. All right, two for two. Uh, here's where it's going to start getting fun. Where you see if? Wait, why am I not? Play, I'm not going to play 18 in life when I could be playing little Sebastian. <laughs> Ten thousand candles in the wind. All right, uh, you ready? Yes. Number three, born in West Germany, this offensive tackle played his entire 88 game. Eight-year career with the New England Patriots before retiring in May. 
Offensive tackle, New England Patriots retired in May. Name Sebastian, yeah. Name Sebastian. Um, I think hmm. I think you're gonna know the name once I say it. So yeah, it's, it's if that makes you feel be any better. <laughs> once you say it, okay. <laughs> okay, uh, who, I'm giving up on this one. Sebastian Vollmer. So two for three. Okay. Going on to number four. Who won the Conn Smythe in 2003 as the most recent of five players to win the award on the losing team? God. I can't. I'm too distracted by Bye Bye <laughs> Little Sebastian. Or just 5,000 candles in the wind. I'm just going to wait for the chorus and then. God, it's such a good song. It is amazing. 5,000 times better than Candle in the Nice. Okay. Um, <laughs> Con Smythe. In the pit. Uh, yeah, go on. <laughs> fell into the pit. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, Con Smythe, 2005, some 2003. sort of Sebastian. 2003. 2003. 2003. Uh, so that is... Uh... Losing team. Yeah. Yeah, do, you, do you remember team. who won the cup in 2003? No, was that a devil's year? That was a devil's year. Ugh. That was, was that the Ducks? Was that, that was the year Paul Correa kill, got killed? That was the year, yes. Ugh, Scott Stevens, war criminal. Uh, <laughs> Sebastian on the... That, by the way, <laughs> might be the tagline for Fly Purple. Scott Stevens, war criminal. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I am it's fine true. going out in public and defending that take. But... I want to get t-shirts printed with that. <laughs> Lock him up. Um... <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Let's get back to you guessing what Sebastian's here. Sebastian, 2003 Ducks. Remember, it could be part of the... This is one of the ones where... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is it uh, Jean-Sebastian Jaguer? J.S. Jaguer. So there you go. You got it. Oh, now, wow. Okay. Nice. Of the other four players that won the Smith on a losing team, do you know who the two Flyers were? Ron Hextall. Ron Hextall, 1987. And then uh, Conn losing team. Uh, the only... Was it the Bernie only, or was it McLeish? The only, the only skater of McLeish. the five players. Not McLeish, Reggie. Oh, Leach. Leach. Yeah. Damn it. And 75-76 when they lost to the Canadians. Right. So. Fucking halves. Now, I have a feeling you're going to know this one. Uh, lead singer of Skid Row and also appeared in several episodes of Gilmore. in life. <laughs> 18 and a lot to go uh yeah who is it sebastian bach didn't sebastian. you say he wasn't involved what uh well not the original sebastian bach so that's uh, I, I see i see yeah so that's where the confusion was and i had to do a quick look up to make sure i was not losing my mind so uh <laughs> four out of five steve these last two if you get them uh i i will be thoroughly impressed i'll put it that way yeah i'm not getting these Former NBA player that never lived up to the hype that surrounded them in high school when a documentary called Through the Fire was filmed about them. He was drafted 13th overall in the 2004 NBA draft by the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Sebastian. Sebi. 
I remember this player being obnoxiously hyped up, and I thought he was going to be a huge star in the NBA, and then he became nothing. I kind of remember the story, yeah, but I, I don't remember the guy's name to save my life. Tapping Seba- out on this one. Sebastian Telfair. Okay, yeah, I wasn't going to get that one. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But, but this is Sebastian, so that's... Uh, no, you, you're, when you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, when I'm right, I'm right. That's right. Uh, six, four to six, Steve. So you've already, I mean, you've already won this game too, but, you know, final one for consolation, I guess. Another one where it is part of the first name. Uh, goalie played for the Penguins, Maple Leafs, and Kings, as well as the Philadelphia Phantoms. Played for the Phantoms in 2008-2009. Oh, boy. Uh... And, I be- and I believe... No, I think he no. Never mind. He was just a, he was just with the Phantoms. Phantoms oh eight oh nine played for the Penguins. You said Penguins, Maple Leafs, and Kings. Oh man, it's another one I'm completely blanking on. Uh... If it helps, he was in an amp commercial. The energy drink like that it, doesn't it, help at all. I don't. Oh, it doesn't that. help you at all. He had a. He was a. He was not credited in an amp commercial. He can't. All right. All right. Fine. <laughs> I guess you get no help then. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm tapping out on this one too. Jean Sebastian Aubin. J S Aubin. Oh, I kinda remember that guy. Yeah. yeah. Kinda. Yeah, so four to seven. Thought I was gonna get you, but uh god damn it. You know what the breaking point was? I did not think you're gonna get Sebastian Bach. Like the, the <laughs> singer, so I don't know why I even know that one. Were you honest. uh I think VH1 might be responsible for oh, that. Oh god, probably, yeah. The was he on the behind the music for Farner? It was probably like it might have been like like the remember the eighties kind of thing. Like I remember the eighties. Oh my god! Yeah, he was on all of those too. Yeah, yeah like, it was like uh, hey, I was in a band. And then I show, like Skid Row, and it's like okay, yeah. Great. I remember I, Skid Row. I know a couple of Skid Row songs, and then also I've had a girlfriend in my life, so I've been subjected to hours upon hours of Gilmore Girls. So I don't know if you've been <laughs> the same. My my girlfriend is not that much into Gilmore Girls, so I've not you been. Should marry that woman immediately and yeah. save yourself the agony. That's the plan. That's <laughs> a, yeah, just for because for the love of God, I I can't watch that show anymore. Once that sweet fly purpley money rolls in. Oh well, it. baby! Oh, that reminds me of a sponsor this week. Uh, Do we now? McDonald's. Hey, if you're gonna listen to Fly Purpley, make sure you get some great food with McDonald's. So there you go. I, I do not starts. endorse that one at all. That is. <laughs> Actually, we might have some sponsors next week. Now that I think of it, I'll have to, I'll have to see who I can sign. Wink. Uh, let's talk about around <laughs> the league now. <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm going to bullshit, you know, I'm going to bullshit slogans next week. I have to think. I, I understand. I understand. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all righty. Uh, around the league. Around the league. Around the league. Around the league. <laughs> Another dimension. Uh, so, wait. This, this week wasn't by the, this this week wasn't sponsored by any of the Sheldon spinoffs on CBS. <laughs> uh, non JKL Sheldon version. <laughs> well, actually, I've never heard. I've never actually watched an episode of Big Bang Theory, so I don't know what he sounds like. I know it's Sh- obnoxious though. So Sheldon Donuts. <laughs> The best bread donuts science can provide. Sheldon Donuts. <laughs> the Sedins are retiring, Steve. And they're uh, retiring together. It's so sweet. They're yeah, like, it's, it's, and they're gonna not win cups together. They're gonna be. 
Henrik Lundqvist the forwards together. So, oh, they, uh, they just wasted the career. Yep. Uh, they yeah, are. They're, they're like uh, they're like Jack and Rose, the Titanic, except not because they didn't go together. So never mind. Yeah, and also yeah, one of them yeah isn't gonna die in the ocean. So uh, well, we if don't you, know that. Yeah, we don't. You know what? We don't know if one of the Sedins is not gonna die in the ocean. They could. We don't know. It's all. It's all part of God's plan, you know. Uh, yeah. But. Daniel and Henrik are one and two in games played for Vancouver. Uh, Daniel is first with 391 goals. Henrik is seventh with 240. They are one and two in assists, and they are one and two in points. And when it comes to points, Henrik has 1,068. Daniel has 1,039. Marcus Naslin is third with 756. Trevor Linden has 733, and they're the only four players above 700 points for the Canucks. And these two players are uh, about to retire without a cup. So good job. Not man. even Pavel Burry up there. Yeah, I think his was just because the tenure was too short. But he, man, Pavel Burry was a lot of fun to watch. Oh yeah. I still go back and I watch his highlights every once in a while. That goal, his goal against the, I think it was the Devils, where he just kind of kept spinning around the offensive zone, and then trust everybody. I'll actually look that up and send it to you right now. Yeah, um, you do that. What do you think about the them retiring together? Oh no, little Sebastian's playing again. Um, <laughs> kind of fun. What I do mean, you think about them retiring together? Because that's, I mean, their whole career has been unorthodox in that regard, where not too many brothers come into the league together. Little Sebastian will not be denied. Holy shit. Um, you should close that tab. I'm closing that tab. <laughs> but uh, blame Safari. <laughs> but not too many guys, not too many brothers get drafted by the same team and then play their entire career basically on the same line. Yeah. <laughs> like they did. Yeah, they, no, it's their whole, I, I feel like they're going to be, yeah, they're going to go down as a, well, they're going to be pretty, a pretty unique case. Obviously. I don't know. Do you think they're hall of fame worthy? It's a tough call. If I it's think a if they had slow a cup, class, I'd say for sure. Yeah. I think if they had a cup, uh, I think they'd definitely be in. Uh, they were but, so close, so close. Friggin' yeah. Boston. Yeah, and then I guess the Bruins uh, burned all their hopes. And uh, well, is that enough of a riot pun? I can't think of any good riot puns right now. They, <laughs> the Canucks. That's were, good like, enough for me. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's good. I I just added the Burry goal by the way at the top of the notes if you want to watch that real quick. Um, but yeah, it's funny. Speaking of uh, great players that probably aren't going to win a cup that deserve one. Um, Alex Ovechkin also played in his 1,000th game, 1,000th game for the uh, the Capitals. Nice transition there. Thank you. Uh, he's first in games played for the Caps. Uh, Kelly Johansson is second with 983. First in goals with 604, and first in points is 1,119. Bonder is second in both those categories with uh, 472 and 825. And also playing in their 1,000th, 1,000th game this week was Brent Seabrook. And uh, I didn't look up any notes on Brent Seabrook because who cares? cares? But during that game, it was worth mentioning that two NHL goalies made their debut in that game for the Blackhawks. Did you see this whole thing about Scott Foster? Did you see this? Did you hear about this? You seen this? You heard about this? (laughs) That was a great Burry goal I just watched. Yeah. It was a wonderful goal. But did you see the uh, information about, or I mean, the situation with Scott Foster? Uh. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I did see that. That was awesome. Yeah. So Colin Delia was slated to make his NHL be- debut, did make his NHL debut, 
was a guy that was undrafted, played a lot of the season with Rockford. Comes in, gets injured about halfway through the third period, and then Scott Foster, who served as the emergency backup goalie several times this year, uh, first time he actually dressed, and he became the second player to ever play as an emergency backup goalie. And he was the first back emergency backup goalie to actually see his shots. He stopped all seven shots he saw. Some of them were pretty good. Yeah, I saw a few of the pretty, highlights. It was pretty really impressive. impressive. Yeah. So that guy, I mean, that's that's a dream come true. And that's a that's a pretty amazing story for the Blackhawks who otherwise have had a pretty uh miserable year. Pretty miserable season. But besides also uh possibly knocking out the blues too, I guess. But But like specifically they were I mean, they're a team that's expected to make the playoffs every year, especially yeah. when you have two guys making ten mil. And yeah. I, I hate to throw the you know, number they're making at them because we certainly run into that a lot with criticisms of uh, Drew and Voracek, but but 10 mil is a chunk of change right there. 10 mil and a lot of that was definitely payment for past success, I guess. Like it's Oh yeah. One of those things when both those contracts were handed out, you're not gonna not give uh Kane and Taves the money they're due, but at the same time you knew you knew that was gonna impact the future a little bit. And they're gonna have to they're gonna have to figure out some things. And it seems to be uh, Bowman pointed it out, and it seems to be the consensus among some Blackhawks fans that you can look at the Bruins for a team that has a bunch of older players, but they added in a lot of younger players, a lot of rookies and everything that kind of make their team really competitive again. So I don't think all hope is lost there for the Blackhawks, but. I wouldn't be too, too confident with both Seabrook and uh, Taves still being there with those contracts. So, uh, by the way, or Jorge Alves was the first emergency back of goaltender to actually see action. He played seven seconds last year, but didn't take a shot in a relief appearance for the Hurricanes. So, uh, during a goal review last week, or on Saturday, I think it was, and the Sabres Predators came and the Predators sang Let It Be. Did you see that video? I've not seen that one yet. Should I check that out real quick? Which I thought was interesting. I mean, it's pretty. All they did was just sing it, and they had like the they had their cell phones out, like they were lighters and everything. And it was a. It was pretty adorable. Nah, 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 nah. Let it be. Got it. Yeah. And then Scott Hartnell also almost murdered Victor Antifin in that game, which is the reason why we, or how I discovered that Brooks Warpix stat. So. And then I uh, already talked about Luke Shen killing Scotty Upshaw. So that was uh, that was around the league. Uh, Steve, going back to the Flyers real quick. Final verdict. Are they doing it? Are they getting yes. into the postseason? By this time, what when we record theoretically on... Well, we should record on Tuesday next week, right? Just for the playoffs anyway. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. When we record on Tuesday, are we talking about the Flyers in the postseason? Or are we going to be talking about 16 other teams? I think, I really do think they're making it in, but I'm going to be very cranky in the next episode if they don't. It might be a short episode, consisting of grumble and curses. Yeah, if they don't make it, I don't don't think we're talking about them next week. I think I'm just going to talk about the rest of the playoff settings. Uh, We're going to be a Sixers podcast from this point. Yeah, we're going to move on. We don't know shit about the Sixers, but we're going to pretend. We're going to become a gardening podcast is I think what's going to happen. We can't really lose a okay, garden. You talk about gardening. I'll talk about movies. And I, th- I think we'll meet somewhere in between. Yeah. I mean, that sounds 
Sounds good to me. Uh, I'm going to talk I, about movies and Legion. Craig's going to talk about gardening tips, how to grow your carrots to the best size. <laughs> That's what gardening is. I got nothing. Uh, yeah, I think they make it. And I, I would be really insanely shocked if they didn't. But at this point, it's maybe I shouldn't be. I don't know. What do you, yeah. think? What do you think? Well, I think the next, since we're dealing with on Wednesday night, the next 24 hours is going to suck. Like, it's just going to be stressful. I think they get some kind of leeway in the three points they need tonight. I think they get some kind of points themselves, and then I think they get some help with the from the Bruins. So I think the the points get minimized to where they just need a point on Saturday, or they clinch tonight. So it, it's stressful, and it could have all been avoided. But I mean, here we are. I think they ultimately do it. It's just really dragging their feet here to uh, make it kind of close. I'm just I'm thankful, thankful the Bruins have at least one more game where they need to get need out and get to, points yeah. to, to outpace, outpace yeah. the Lightning. Because again, you if you're the Bruins, you'd much rather play whoever is at the last wild card spot, be it the Flyers or the Lightning, than the Toronto Maple Leafs any day right. of the week. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And it, it is good that the, the race is close, you're right. So they actually have to do come out and try. So we... I mean, I guess let's go Bruins. I'd... Let's go Bruins. I got, Man, what there's a, a couple a things to watch in the last few games, too. Like Claude Giroux, three points away from 100. That's really exciting. Uh, do, yeah. Do you have in front of you the last time a Flyer scored 100 points? I think it was Lindros back in. I think it was Lindros back in the hard year, actually. I think. Because so, the last time somebody. <laughs> what would you. How long would you say it's been? Been a while. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and I, because th- I think Joe was tweeting it out. Uh, I think the last time Annie Flyer had 95 points was LeClaire back in 95, 96, like somewhere around that time. So I would assume that 100 point season would have been uh, Lindros before that. So, but we'll never know. We'll die not knowing. Uh, but Drew has a chance. <laughs> we'll <die not> <laughs> Drew has a chance to uh, break 100 points this year, and it's kind of crazy that, like that year he had 93, it felt like he should have been, like a top, one of the the, the heart nominees, and it's kind of crazy that he was a heart nominee in 2013-14, considering he didn't score for the first 14 games. And then oh, yeah, yeah. I was actually at the goal where, at the game where he finally scored a freaking goal oh, yeah. <laughs> that season. And like, ugh, it's so much shit. Like you still pile up points from assists and everything, but it's just, yeah. People are like, when are we going to get to the goal factory? Yeah. It was a whole thing. Uh, yeah, that was a, that was a fun, that was a fun time to be listening to a 97.5 back then too. So I, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, fuck. Fuck. I'm blanking. I just forgot. It's fine. Oh, this year, but okay. like this year, uh, yeah, in 2013-14, they had Hardnell still on the team, and it looked like they had more offensive help, I guess, and now this year, he's going to put up more points, and uh, he's doing it after the season he had last year, and it seems like nobody really wants to talk about it nationally. No, at least. No. Too many secondary assists. But Travis Yost, though. Travis Yost did bad for Claude Drew, and then it immediately got shut down by Greg Wyshynski and... Uh, Noted Devils fan. Uh, yeah, Stephen. Uh, what the hell is that stats guy's name? I forgot. Uh, Stephen. Uh, Stephen Birch. So, 
But uh, yeah, yeah, you'll never guess who uh, Greg Wyshynski really wants to win the heart. <laughs> wow. You'll never believe who uh, he thinks Errol Carlson is going to be traded to, actually, too. <laughs> it's my hot take right there. Yeah, just fart sounds. <laughs> just fart sounds. I make fart noises with my mouth. <laughs> hey, guys, thank you for listening. If you have any feedback, the best place is on Twitter. You can follow Craig at Sports Are Bad. You can follow me at Flyperbole or at Estee Bomb. Uh, please follow BSH Radio. Please follow Broad Street Hockey. Like Broad Street Hockey on Facebook, which is apparently where they show baseball games now. Don't ask, Don't ask me. me. I just I work here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stupid shit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening, guys. There's also flyperbly at gmail.com. But uh, we would appreciate any and all feedback. And that's all I got. What? I don't. All feedback? Okay. Good only good feedback. Yeah. If you like us, let us know. If you don't, you can fuck Keep right it off. to yourself. You don't need to listen to us. That's, I mean, that's a big takeaway. Write it in your paper journal, your podcast yeah. journal that you Dear keep. diary. These Dear, two fucking jabronis don't know what they're doing. Dear Diary, Steve loves Scott Lawton. <laughs> Steve loves Scott Lawton, and Craig talks too much about prospects. I hate my life, and I'm miserable. Signed, <laughs> random listener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so do that. That's the way. That's the proper <laughs> procedure here. That's your your standard operating procedure for flyperbole feedback. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, hopefully we are coming back at you guys talking about the Yoffs, the playoffs, whatever you want to call them. Hopefully the Flyers are in and we're talking about that. Otherwise, it's just going to be a very dour, dour hour. It would, if they don't make the playoffs, it might be our most boring episode yet. Not because... We aren't going to try. It's just I think we're going to be so beaten down. <laughs> it we're could just going to be, be a twenty-minute episode. We're just yeah, just so, expl- um, expletives of just being upset. So you want to you want to talk about? We're, I'm supposed to do a playoff pool with coworkers, and if the Flyers don't make it, I'm pretty sure I'm just not putting it together at a protest. I'm just going to be like, no, nope, yeah. I don't even want to look at this. Nope. I think that's fair. I'm Pittsburgh. not Steve's going to come over with a shitty grin and I'm just going to be like, nope, nope. You go back to the other side of the room. <laughs> uh, if the fire, yeah, if the flowers don't make the postseason, I think I'm just going to call out of work and I'll know what's up. Yeah. I'm too like, depressed. Sorry, sorry for your loss, Craig. RPD. Uh, we'll see you in a couple of days. So you need a, at least a week of flyers bereavement time. <laughs> oh God. Uh, good God. Gang. Thank you for listening, and until next time, as always, good night and good hockey. Hello, everybody. This is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things. Like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah!
Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>